I have a word from God, and I want to share this with you, but I need you to be as alert as possible. I need you to hear me today because I believe the time that we're sharing this in is very critical. Um, I know some people have come to think the church is just a place you come and the preacher preaches a good sermon, and that's fine and dandy. Well, I, number one, I'm not that guy. This is not that place. Your soul is too important to be played with. The day will come when each and every one of us will spend eternity somewhere. The determining factor on where we spend it is what we do here. It is an individual choice. My mom can't make it for me. My dad can't make it for me. Nor can your parents make it for you. We have to decide where we are and where we want to go. And I'm going to do the best of my ability today to share with you something that Jesus shared with us. Before I start, I want to say this. If Jesus lied about anything, he could not get up from the grave. Because one lie is a sin. If he told the truth, then we ought to obey what he said. Everything else may be changing, but what did the person who got up from the dead say? And I think that we as as people need to get back to saying, what does the Bible say? Because everything else is giving an opinion, but people are not basing it on what did the Bible say. So, today, I want to speak with you from the subject Establishing the priority of pursuing the kingdom of God. Establishing the priority of pursuing the kingdom of God. Our theme scripture this year has been Matthew 6 and 33 and is declared to us, but seek ye first the kingdom of God (laughs) and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What I've found or what, I'm, what I've come to see amongst people is a desire for the blessings of God, but not God. It's interesting, Jesus did not say, but seek the kingdom of God. He said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said you need to establish it as a priority. He's here. He's here. Just say it. Don't take it for granted. I'm telling you. You have to understand God is serious about what he says. Let me give you this. Point number one. The pursuit of the kingdom must have an order of importance. Have you ever heard when people say God, family, country? So they give you the order of importance in their life. Let me ask you this. Where is the kingdom in order of importance in your life. Mm-hmm. 
See, I'm finding people who think church attendance is the fact that, okay, I've done my religious duty, but it didn't mean that they made the kingdom the priority of their life. See, okay, if the kingdom is the priority of your life, who are you going to date? If the kingdom is the priority of your life, how do you spend your money? If the kingdom is the priority of your life, what job are you willing to take? Every job is not conducive to the kingdom of God. So, can we go back to point number one? The pursuit of the kingdom must have an order of importance. Go to Mark chapter 10, verse 28. <clears throat> the disciples were faced with the same dilemma. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Now, I, I want you to understand something. The disciples were just like us. So Jesus comes on the scene. He's, he's 30 years old. And he's called these guys to follow him. So they're following a 30-year-old man. They don't understand everything like we don't understand everything. Amen. Jesus is talking about this kingdom. They're dealing with a, a government that's corrupt. Uh, you know, and I mean, they, they, the same things we're looking at today. But I want you to see something. Mark chapter 10, verse 28. You always have to have a spokesman. Always got to be somebody to say what the crowd is thinking. You, 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 you know, when we was little kids, it was always somebody be like, go ahead, man, say it. Go ahead, tell them, tell them. You know, it was this person that you could get to say what everybody else was feeling. Peter is that person. So because you see the rest of the disciples silent, please don't think that they weren't thinking the same thing. They just said, be quiet long enough, Peter going to say something. <laughs> so, then Peter began to say unto him. So, so now, now, something is happening, and Peter is, been, is rolling in his mind. So, after a while, Peter just said, I can't hold it no more. Now, everybody else has been thinking the same thing. They still, remember, these people walking with Jesus, he's teaching them. So, Peter says, listen. We left everything to follow you. Now, everybody's thinking this. Let me help you. Saints are thinking this. I left my business. Oh, yeah, Peter was a fisherman. I might not have been doing that good, but it was still mine. I don't left that, and we out here following you? Say, we don't left everything to follow you. Now, you got to understand what he really says, what we're going to get. Which is what saints are saying, what we're going to get. But remember, the kingdom of heaven needs to have an order of importance. So Peter starts to lay it down. We have left all and have followed you. So all of a sudden, look like he throws the burden on Jesus. Do you realize we, we don't left everything when we follow on you? So it looked like it's this big heavy weight that's doing, dropped on Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, what you going to do now? Watch what Jesus does. And Jesus answered and said, 
Verily I say unto you, there is no man. He said, this go for everybody. Not just you. Because you think you're standing here and you got a dilemma because you don't walk away from a few coins. You think you bad because, you know, after all, you left your little business. Let me tell you, there's some folks that's going to be in, in, in better shape than you are. And let me tell you how this applies to them as well as you. There is no man that hath left house, brethren, sisters, father, mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake and the gospels. He said, wait a minute. There's a whole bunch of folks that's going to leave a lot of other things, Peter. Then he says, verse 30, but let me tell you what I'm going to do for all of them. But he shall receive a hundredfold, not the same thing. I want to make sure you, you catch that. He shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. See, this is when you make it a priority, though. See, you, this ain't one foot in and one foot out. That ain't a priority. So he said, you're going to receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses, if you left houses, go. guess what? Hundredfold houses. Brethren, I, I, I have, can I be honest with you? Some of my relationship with some of you all is closer than my relationship with my natural brothers and sisters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, 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 I mean, if you, if you try to cultivate any kind of relationship, yours should be too. Amen. Because sometimes we had to walk away from some of those things. Because they didn't understand what salvation was. Wasn't that they were bad people in the sense that they were trying to kill us or whatever. I'm just simply saying they didn't understand because they weren't saved, and you had to take a whole different direction, and now you've built relationships with people who understand the type of sacrifice you had to make because they had to make it also. So I'm just making sure we, we all in the book together here. Now, let's keep going. Oh, my God, I don't want to spend too much time there. But she will receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands with persecutions. Package deal. Amen. You know when you go get a new job, you get a benefit package? You go, oh, I just want dental. No, it's a benefit package. Everything all come together. So the persecutions come with it. But watch this. And in the world to come, eternal life. So right, right priorities as it, as it uh, relates to the kingdom is beneficial in two different realms. It's beneficial to you here and now and an eternal life. But are our priorities for the kingdom actually correct? Is anybody serving God because maybe things are just good now? I mean, what, what, what if we lose that job? Is anybody serving God because the job is good? Watch this. Not God is. The job is. Go with me to Acts chapter 27. I want us to take a little journey here. I'm still, I'm still dealing with 
the pursuit of the kingdom has got to have the, the right order of, pro, of, 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 I'm sorry, of importance. What I'm trying to say is, we, we can't, we got to understand when Jesus says, but seek ye first the king, what he was saying is there's a priority for my kingdom. It has to be the priority for your life. It ain't the priority for your church, it's the priority for your life. And he's saying, I know some people are going to have to walk away from stuff because of my kingdom. But I want you to know in my kingdom, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you a hundredfold of what you're willing to walk away from. All right. Acts chapter 27. I want to start at verse 22. While you get to verse 22, the apostle Paul is on a journey. He's on a ship. He's on a ship as a, can I do it like this? Paul got an ankle bracelet on, okay? That, that's my best way of doing it. Paul got an ankle bracelet on. For those of you all that don't know what the ankle bracelet is, let me help you. Some, 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 some of you are, <laughs> praise the Lord, you don't know what the ankle bracelet is. Um, Paul is on house arrest, okay? He's on house arrest. He could, he could go around, but he could only go so far. Because his ankle bracelet only let him go so far. You better, you understand now? Okay. So now, he's on the ship en route to somewhere as a prisoner under house arrest. So now, verse 22. They're, they have been in a storm. The Bible called it Eurachlodon. It is a severe storm. People are scared. Paul had told them in the beginning, y'all, we shouldn't go. But you know, no, don't nobody want to listen to nobody under house arrest. After all, you, you, that's why you're under house arrest. And you ain't got no credibility. You, who are you? So now the man that's under house arrest, let's look at what the text says. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer. So now he got to cheer them up. He says, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. So Paul said, nobody going to die, y'all, but we're going to lose the ship. Now, you know, losing the ship ain't too cool when you own the ship. I mean, everybody wanted to sail on the Titanic until the ship went down. So now, I, I, I want you to see this. He says, and now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. See, there's a difference between a person's life and a person's things. See, what really, what really challenges people is things. That's why, it's a God, that's why God says you can't serve God and mammon. We get caught up in things. Now, so he says it's going to be a, no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. But you don't have to go down with the ship. you get that later. Verse 23. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. See, your life and everyone that sails with you will be spared. That's all great news. I want us to see this. Verse 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. So Paul's still encouraging them. For I believe God. So y'all don't have to. I believe him. That it shall be even as it was told me. 
Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. Listen to this. What you are going through should not dictate the importance of pursuing the kingdom. Paul is in a storm on a ship under house arrest still pursuing God. We're trying to move here. Drop down to verse 34. So Paul tells him, wherefore I pray you to take some meat. So get something to eat, for this is your health. For there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks to God in presence of, all, of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. So they started to eat. I want you to, I want you to get this. God will always strengthen you for the journey. Don't mean you're going to like the journey, but you have the strength for the journey. Verse 37. And we were all in the ship, 203 score and 16 souls, so 276 people. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. Now I want to talk to you just for a moment here because this is where I was trying to get to. They were willing to rid themselves of anything that was unnecessary. Listen to what I said. They were willing to rid themselves. See, when we talk about the importance of something, are you willing to rid yourself of stuff that's not necessary? Or people that's not necessary? See, the willingness to discard unnecessary cargo could be the difference in prioritizing the pursuit of the kingdom. Did you notice they threw over food? They decided that food was not necessary to survive. Some of the things we think we need are really unnecessary. And when it comes to prioritizing the kingdom of God in our lives, we have to be willing to discard what's unnecessary. You still with me? Yeah. Verse 40. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore. Verse 40 says they committed themselves unto the sea. In other words, you know what? Let's snatch up this anchor. Whichever way it takes us, that's the way we're going. There are some situations in life, you all, we simply must commit to God for resolution. There are so many things that we're trying to work out in our lives that we're trying to put it in this little package and make it fit, force it this way and push it that way because we think that's what's best. They said sailors who have sailed said pull up the anchor, raise the mainsail, whichever way the sea takes us, that's it. That's the way we're going to do it. What are we committing to God to resolve? I had an incident in my life, and I'm saying this so you'll understand. I asked God about this thing, and it, I'm telling you, it must have been every bit. It was at least four years, I believe, longer. All he told me was, I mean, he said, I'm going to handle it, and kind of like, I got this. I'm like, really, Lord? I, I mean, can I be honest with you? I'm like, God, can you give me a little bit more information? Because when I look at the situation, 
it keep looking the same. Every once in a while, I'll hear something about it, and it looked like it was going the way I want, and I'll start getting happy, and it go back. I said, now, Lord, honestly, I mean, you know, am I, say, am I saying the right thing in prayer, or what, what you know, what, what do I need to do here? He said, I got this. It would be like literally the same word. So I'm trying to be honest with you so you understand. I said, okay. I said, okay. So, you know, it was very dear to me. It, it wasn't one of them things where you go like, all right, oh, well, oh, well. God don't. See, what if we really committed to God? Not manipulated for God. See, you'll be, you'll, be, you'll be surprised how many folks are borderline witchcraft. Because we're trying to manipulate it. Our hands all over it. We're twisting and turning it, trying to do this. Uh-uh. I said, Lord, no. I'm not going to do that. Much as I wanted to do that. See, it used to be a time when you, you could make brothers, maybe, you know, we throw out our chest and we jump in there and we, we holler and scream and all of us, Yeah. It ain't always be like that. There's going to come a situation where all your, quote, unquote, manhood ain't going to work. Can you bend your knees and go before God and hear what he says and then take what he says and stand on it? See, that's when you're making the kingdom the priority. Did I I like it? Absolutely not. Not one moment. Tolerated it. So God, I don't understand. I trust you. See, some things we just got to commit to him. He says, that that we commit unto him, he's well able to keep against that day. Some things, what have we committed? For the sake of making the kingdom the priority. Because I'm going to tell you right now, people are sitting in here with divided attention. Something else is the priority. You're battling. Something else is the priority. That's what God is speaking to you about right now, is being able to come away from those things that are robbing you of the priority of the kingdom. You have thought, well, you know, I'm doing this. this That's why he's, notice what he says in chapter 6 of of Matthew. Before he talks about the kingdom, well, after that, he starts letting you know, don't worry about stuff. Because those things divide you. Think how single-minded we could be if the kingdom is always the priority. How much stuff would you not even have to deal with right now if you live with the kingdom as the priority? How much grief are you going through because you made decisions where the kingdom was not the priority? And now that thing is wrestling in your life because you gave it life. See, I believe that there's some situations we simply need to commit to God and say, Lord, you resolve this. I'm going to stay focused. You resolve it. Verse 41. It says, and falling into place where two seas met. Now, these, these were veteran sailors. 
They knew what was going on. They knew how to handle a ship. But the Bible says they fell into a place where two seas met. And they ran the ship aground. Now you would go like, what is wrong with these people? But see, they had to commit the ship to the sea. Well, nothing else they could do. And it said this, they ran the ship aground and the forepart or the front of it stuck. And it remained unmovable. But the hinder part or the back part was broken with the violence of the waves. A broken vessel seems useless. I mean, I'm on the sea. I needed the ship to be on the sea to go where I needed to go. And now what I, I needed is broken. Look at verse 42. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners. Everybody had on ankle bracelet. Kill them. Lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded they, that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. So they escaped all safe to land. You know why? Because broken pieces will still get you where you need to be if God wants you there. Floating on boards and broken pieces of the ship. The thing that we thought we didn't need, God said, you know what? I'll use it since it's broken and you think it's no good. Broken pieces will still get us where we need to be if God wants us to be there. So why are you tripping over the ship? Oh, it don't look like it used to look. How's it going? It's going to get you where you need to go. Number two. Now, y'all, I need you to deal with me. I'm just hang with me now. Number two, there are moments in life that will define our order of importance. See, some of us think that the kingdom of God is the priority. But there are moments in life that are going to define our order of importance. Now, this is, I'm not telling you that you're a terrible person. I'm telling you maybe you have your priorities out of order. Okay? Wow. You remember, um, I think it's Mark chapter 8, Mark 8 and 31. Try that, Miss Jackie. I think that's right. You remember when Jesus is, is about to deal with Peter? You remember Peter gets the, the profound revelation you know, Jesus says, well, who do men say that I am? Folk, you know, well, you this and you that and so on and so forth. And he says, who do you, you know, well, who do you say I am? And he said, well, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this yes. to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Profound revelation. Upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Y'all remember all of that? Yes. Let's keep reading. After this profound revelation, after what Jesus is going to establish his church on, 
The Bible says, verse 31, that Jesus began to teach them. What he begins to teach them is that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief. Look at this. And of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Verse 32, and he spake that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Let me share something with you. God's kingdom does not cater to our plans. Oh, yeah, Peter, you bad now. You just got a revelation of who Jesus is, how he's going to build this church upon this. You the man. And now you, do you realize that Peter said, come, come here, Jesus, let, let me tell you something. You, you just, we, we can't have this happening. We, we can't. What, what are you talking about? You're going to suffer things and you're going to die and you're going to. No, 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 no. We, what's this kind of talk? We need a positive message. We need, we need an up, uplifting sermon for the people. We need people to be, able to be, be encouraged when they leave out. I want to show you something. But why is Peter, this is, I have heard people preach on this. But I saw something that I hadn't seen before. Why would Peter do this? Why would he say this? Why do we say that? Why do we say something when God says something we don't like? Why do we respond a certain way when it costs us a level of sacrifice to follow him? Let, let, let me show you here. Verse 33. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples. Now, I, I want you to see, see the, the, the scriptures is recording not just what Jesus says, but what he does. So Peter is over here one-on-one. -on -one. He's pulled Jesus off one-on-one -on -one with him. The Bible says Jesus turns and looks on the rest of his disciples. Before he even say anything. I want all of y'all to get this. He said, I don't want you to miss this. So he ain't just talking to Peter. Did, did you see this? Are you seeing it? So now, but when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, then he rebuked Peter. Let me straighten you out right now in front of everybody. You thinking you calling me over here to work on this? Let me get you right right now. He rebuked Peter saying, get thee behind me, Satan. What? Oh, my goodness. When did that happen? You just had a revelation. Don't take long for folks to start working with the devil, do it? But I want you to see what happened. Saints, this is what we have to be careful. Remember what Jesus was teaching. He was teaching that the Son of Man must suffer many things. He's going to be rejected, and he's going to be killed, and he's going to rise again. That ain't a real popular message. So he says, Peter, he's, well, he says, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God. You love not the things of God, but the things that be of men. What he was saying was Peter had an ulterior motive. Peter was following, but he's following for an ulterior motive. It's people following, but they're following because they got an ulterior motive. Jesus, you know, Jesus is going to restore the kingdom. Man, our day's coming. 
I got to be at least second in command. I mean, uh, you know, it's going to be better than that fishing business was. Hey, things are going to turn out pretty good for me and my wife. All I need to do is just keep hanging in there. What do you mean you're going to die? Oh, my goodness. All my plans are gone. Now, if you're going to die, if you're going to be rejected by everybody, what's going to happen to me then? Come here. Come here, Jesus. This, 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 I want you to know this is not going to happen. We need a positive message to the people. They need to understand that we're going to be in charge one day. You see the ulterior motive now? Wasn't that Jesus, wasn't that Peter was so concerned about Jesus, what he was saying, I don't invested everything into following you, and you come back with a death story. My whole plan going down the drain. Look at verse 34. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, he said, wait a minute. Now remember, he don't turn. He was talking to the disciple. Now I said, bring all the people. Let everybody know. I, I need something to say. I got something to share with everybody now. He said unto them, whosoever, any one of y'all, that's want to come after me, first thing you got to do is deny yourself. So I'm going to make an illustration. See, Peter, this is the first thing you need to do. That's why you got this problem now. You need to deny yourself. You need to take up your cross. Then follow me. And he says, here's why, verse 35, for whosoever will save his life will lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel the same shall save it. Let me help you. At that time, Peter didn't want to die. I need to make this uh, relevant for us. At this time, some of us don't want to die. We want to follow, but not die. If you look at the progression of the disciples, this same Peter is going to deny him three times. He was ready to follow. Sure, I'm, I'm with you. I'm identifying. You're going you gonna to what? Oh, no, no, no. We need a new message. I don't see you heal folk, raise people from the dead, feed people. And where's the death part in this? At that time, Peter wasn't ready to die. Just like some of the saints, we are ready Follow when it's a good, positive message from God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm going to use you mightily. <laughs> blase, 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 blase. But when he talks about you dying, dying to your own desires, giving up the things that you want. Oh, I ain't ready for that. Oh, my. Oh, girl, it don't take all of that. Mm-hmm. Verse 36, then he says, notice all of this, how Jesus is rolling this off. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? See, at that, at that time, they were concerned about what they would gain by following Jesus. So it was like, you know, well, yeah, you know, yeah, being in ministry is good, you know. Yeah, they, preachers, they, they got airplanes and all of that. I, I, do you know there's people filling out job applications to be pastors? I think they don't lost their absolute minds. <laughs> no way in the world I would want to do this without being called to do it. No way in the world. I love you. I really do. I do. But except for the call of God, no way would I do this. I'll walk away from it in a heartbeat. 
Because if you don't have the grace to do it, you will not last. But people are looking at what they gain seemingly from it. An anniversary don't make you want to do this for the rest of your life. Look at verse 37. Or what shall a man get, give in exchange for his soul? So the whole thing was looking at around what they were gaining. Can y'all, you know, okay, we got enough time. We got I, I, I to, see what I'm trying to do is get you to see that sometimes Jesus is going to say something to you okay. that's going to rock you. So you need to have your mind made up on what you're willing to do. Where's the priority of the kingdom? See, some of you right now, you are going along. Life is happy. Life is great. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, God is about to speak something to you that's going to rock your world. You're going to have to make a decision for the kingdom. See, wait a minute. Stop looking. Stop looking at me like that. Because now, wait, 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 wait. Every one of us had situations. We had relationships. We had stuff. We got saved. All of a sudden, God said, okay, you need to let that go. Oh, didn't nobody have to tell you? You, 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 you try to sleep. No, no. You try to pray. You know, you, you, you know how you go to God, you, there's things you want to talk about. And he ain't even listening. Because he's talking about what he want to talk about. And what he want to talk about is what you don't want to talk about. I, I, I mean, you get up and you know what? The scripture of the day is God telling you to get rid of that. You're like, what? You, you, go, to your, you, you go to work, your co-workers, you sitting down talking with your co-workers. Girl, I've been, I just... I've been talking, just been praying, and, and, and you know, it just feel like God just telling me, and you're going, he's telling me the same thing. Everywhere you go, like, like, like Elder Campbell loved to say, confirmation. Everywhere you go, because God's dealing with you, so now you have to make a decision. Is the kingdom the priority, or is your kingdom the priority? See, that's what happens. And it, it keeps going because it's always got to be the priority. Just, okay, okay, no problem. John chapter 6, verse 53. I'm going to show you some people who were religious. And they were having a discussion. And Jesus just hurt them bad. Hurt them bad. Because there's no, see, that's why you watch people, when God talks, when he really talks, it's going to make you make a decision, one way or the other. So, Jesus is talking to these people. Now, watch what he said. Then Jesus said unto them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. See, sometimes Jesus will say some things to you that will expose your priorities. Now, we're looking at this going like he's saying, eat his flesh and drink his blood. What? Well, what he's saying to them is about to expose where their priorities are. And what Jesus says to you and I will expose where our priorities are. Well, my wife and I, we, we, we've been married 31 years. I, I say that first because of what I'm about to say. 
Oh, yeah. I remember when the Holy Spirit spoke to us both in two different times and said, give her up. And told her, give him up. So who's the priority? Yeah, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me, thank you, honey. Let me clarify that because some people, girl, I feel like the Lord is telling me right now to give him up. No, you, that, that's, you and your husband, uh-uh, uh no. This is why we were dating. We were dating it's before we were married because what's the priority? But wait a minute. You're looking at after the fact. See, we read the stories after the fact. But go back with me about 32 years when we don't know what the future's going to be. And the Holy Spirit says, give her up. Give him up. He didn't say, oh, you're going to just have to give up for a couple weeks. Then y'all get back. He didn't go in all. He said, give up. He put a period. That was it. I didn't have the assurance that I'm going to get back with her. Oh, yeah, we're going to work this thing. Boy, we're going to marry. We're going to be, we're going to have some good years. I didn't know that. She didn't know that. So what do you do? What's the priority in your life? See, we think the kingdom is a church thing. I told you, church fits in the kingdom. The kingdom doesn't fit in the church. So that means that when you go outside of what we consider church, you're still dealing with kingdom. So now, here's a decision. You think you don't met the love of your life? You ready to go on? What does God say? What happens when he says, give them up? Well, the Lord wouldn't ask you for what he's given you. Can you show me any Bible for that? Because I can show you some where he will. The Bible says that Isaac was the promise that Abraham waited 25 years for. God came to Abraham and said, give me the son whom thou lovest. So he was letting him know, I ain't talking about Ishmael. I'm talking about the one that you were promised and you were in love with. Brought him up to the mountain had the knife in his hand about to slay him and God said now I know now I know what the priority is in your life now I know what the real priority is but you got to understand if you read Hebrews it talks about Abraham considered that God could raise Isaac from the dead in other words Abraham thought he was going to kill him he wasn't thinking, well, you know, that angel, he, right about now, as soon as that night, right, right, I know he's going to break it. Uh-uh. In his mind, he was going to slay his son, the promise that he had waited on. He didn't know what the future was going to hold. Saints, this is the type of commitment God has required. This is what Jesus meant when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these other things shall be added. Because people are wondering why they not be added. It's because you've not made it a priority. You're playing with it. you one foot in, one foot out. 
I'm seeking God. No, it's your life. Every decision you're making, you're making it in light of the kingdom. Let me get back. Where we at? John 6 and 53? Okay. Uh, jump down to verse 59. Let's, let's, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Oh, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Listen, keeping the pursuit of the kingdom, the priority is not always easy, but it is always doable. It's not always easy, saints, but it is always doable. See, don't get the two twisted because we oftentimes look for the easy way and think that's God. What makes you think Calvary was easy? But it was doable. Verse 61. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, does this offend you? When he realized that they had a problem with what he was saying. I, 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 let, me, let me do it a way we can understand it. When Jesus realized that what he said to his disciples was a problem to them, he said, wait a minute. You got a problem with that? You think that that's an issue? He said, let me, let me really help you. Let me really help you what you understand. Because he says like this. When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? See, we are easily offended when our priorities are not in line with the kingdom. Psalms 119 and 165. We are easily offended when our priorities do not align with the kingdom. Look at the times in your life where God has said something to you and it was offensive. See where your priorities were. Psalms 119, 165. Look at this. I'll show it to you in the scripture so we, you, you ain't think I'm just saying this. I'm going to work you back there today, Jackie. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. See, when you loving the law of God or the word of God for the sake of the kingdom of God, nothing's going to offend you. Wait, wait a minute. How come all of you all are here today? You mean to tell me ain't nobody in here ever had church hurt? You mean to tell me ain't nobody ever in the church done you wrong, Perry? Oh, my goodness. You mean to tell me ain't nobody ever said nothing to you wrong in the church? Ain't nobody ever stepped on your shoes in the church? Oh, my goodness. And made you want to leave the church? After all, it's full of a bunch of hypocrites in the church. It's all of the stuff you hear people say. 
Jesus says, does this offend you? Because your priorities ain't right? Because you really all caught up in you? That's why people get offended. Because they're really still carrying their own agenda and not the kingdom agenda. Listen, I'm not telling you that people don't do wrong. Yes, they do. But I thought love covers a multitude of sins. So you ain't got enough love. You ain't got enough love to cover what I say, cover what I do. Well, pastor didn't say thank you. I'm sorry. Maybe my mind was on something else. Maybe the fact that we got a couple people in the hospital with dealing with life-threatening issues that you don't even know about. Maybe the fact that we're praying for people in, in the wee hours of the morning while you sleep. Maybe the fact that pastor's got life too. And I'm, I'm, I'm just simply saying, I got to have enough love to cover you when you do something. How is it that we get offended in the house of God at our brothers and sisters and think it's time to leave? Who gave you that right? See, like, oh, I can't believe he's saying that. I, I could do what I want to. You can? Must not be a kingdom agenda. See, we say stuff and we're so accustomed to it and think it's right. There's people that are supposed to be here today. You know why they're not? They're offended. They're offended. You said something. You did something. I said something. I did something. I don't know. They think we said something. They think we did something. I don't know. Either way, they was offended. Offended. Really? And Jesus says, does this offend you? You let something as small as this offend you? Look at this, verse 64. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. Do you know that Jesus knows where our priorities are? He's sitting up there talking to the people knowing what their priorities are, but still talking to them. He said, I know some of y'all don't believe. Verse 65. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man could come unto me except it were given unto him of my father. Listen to this. This is one of the saddest passages of scriptures you will ever read. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Wow. Turning back is the ultimate display of not prioritizing the pursuit of the kingdom. I watch people, and you watch them start turning back. You could say it's because me or because of so-and-so or because of this, that, and, but you know what? You have to be honest somewhere along the line. Because God's going to deal with you personally. And he's dealing with you personally. Because we could say if somebody did something or whatever, but that's enough to disrupt your relationship with God? Don't that mean there's something wrong with you? I mean, you, you can do 
whatever you want to do to me, but it shouldn't affect my relationship with God. Not if I really got one. Because what did Jesus say? I know some of y'all don't believe anyway. But it looked like they were standing with the rest of the crowd. They were dressed like everybody else. See, when you, just because you dress the part don't mean you're ready for the part. See, this thing is real because Jesus says, make it a priority. Make it a priority in your life. Don't let nobody or anything separate you from God's love. His love for you is going to always be there. How dare you let somebody else come in and they do or say something stupid, and that's enough to make you get away from what God has for you. He paid the ultimate price in giving his life to have a relationship with you. Nobody should be able to come in and separate you from that relationship. I don't care how stupid they are, whatever they do, however they act, so what? All right, y'all, let's do this last one and we'll be ready to go home. Y'all give me a few minutes and we'll be ready to finish. Because I, I, I shared with you earlier and I was talking about uh, I wasn't saying that you were a bad person. I'm saying that your priorities were out of order. Well, number three, the improper order of importance can be restored. Amen. It can be restored. Go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. God never ends on a negative, always on a positive. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. He says, I know your works, that thou hast a name, and thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Let's look at... Uh, Verse 1, that latter portion, he says, I know your works, that thou hast a name, that thou livest, and are dead. Reputation with people is not necessarily the same as reputation with God. Amen. He said, you got a name like you're alive. You got a name like you're doing it, like you're making it happen. But the real reality is you're dead. The reality is ain't nothing going on. Everybody else don't see that, but I do. So he says, you need to strengthen what what's remains so it don't die. Just because people have a reputation with other people don't mean that they have one with God. Because some people flocking to see this and hear that because, after all, look like the crowds are pressing. And I'm not against the crowds. But you look in Scripture, Jesus always knew how to separate the crowd. He would say something and folks start leaving. Because you got to realize people are in crowds for different reasons. They're not always there because they've made the kingdom the priority. I'm not saying that everybody in the crowd is bad, but Jesus has all, always demonstrates a way of separating the crowd. Amen. Verse 3. He says, Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard, 
So he's not talking to somebody who don't know the way. He says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. So here's Jesus in the last book of the Bible using the word repent. So it's not a one-time deal. He says, if therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. I want to look at a couple things here as we get ready to close. He says, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard. So think about how you received. You received the truth. How you received the truth was by faith. You trusted God to do what he said he would do. You want to know how you're going to make the kingdom the priority? How you're going to put it back in its proper place? You're going to have to go back to trusting God to do what he says he's going to do. Even when he says it and you don't necessarily like the process. There was a season in my life where I would lose my job every year the same time of year. Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, here it come again. About that time. Did I like the process? Absolutely not. But you know what God told me before the process? I am your provider. So he demonstrated, I could provide for you without a job. So 13 months, no job, I paid my rent on time every month. I might have lost a little weight, but I was all right. God did it. So now I can remember what he said and what he did. I know who's my provider. So now you have to realize that sometimes that you could be in a situation where you could start to think that, well, if I do this and if I do that, if I did. oh, so you don't remember who's your provider. Now you got to make it happen. See, we get the miracle, but not the message. What was he teaching you in the, me- well, in the miracle? There was a message that he was teaching you. Yes, yes. See, when Jesus is feeding the 5,000, it ain't just because you, for you to see that, wow, he can multiply food. He says, I'm the bread of life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. He was showing them the scriptures literally. But did you just get the miracle and not the message? See, where's the priority in your life? Will you, are you willing to go without something that you feel should be yours for the sake of the kingdom? Whatever that is. Because remember... In Mark chapter 10 and 28, he starts telling them, he said, Peter, listen, ain't nobody left everything now and won't get it back a hundredfold in this life and in the life and in the life to come. 
I mean, eternal life in the world to come. So it, 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 it is a setup. But I'm saying, Donald, what happens is, is people say, you know what? If I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things are going to be added to me. So what they really do is they concentrate on what's going to be added. The priority wasn't seeking him. It's what they can get. And then the frustration that they get is they don't get it because God is saying, you ain't really doing this because you want me. You're doing it because you want the other things. See, we're dealing with God who knows us better than we know us. He knows the ulterior motives that saying, well, uh, if I do this, you, you know, we even want to go and pray. Well, Lord, you said. <laughs> but you know what? He also said first, if you're going to follow me, deny yourself. First thing. The big problem, notice, wasn't the devil. It was you. Well, I feel like it's time to close, man. So he said, remember how you received, and we received it by faith. We received the truth, the truth of what God says. But then to look at the last part. He says, hold fast and repent. Change your mind about what you believe. You know, what? the, the enemy is using the same tactic that he used in the garden. Okay, Eve. Did God really say that? You really believe that now, you know, I think he's keeping something from you. I believe that there's a better life if you just, you know, take this fruit right here. It's going to change your life ever. God ain't giving you all that's out there. You need to go ahead and get this. Girl, don't miss out now. Don't miss this, this chance. He's giving us the same. It's the same thing. So he comes to us. As though God is holding back something because after all, he said he'll add all of these things and you don't have all of these things. Notice, we all have filled in the blank on what we think the things are. Every one of us. It ain't what God wants. It's what we want. It wasn't what Eve wanted. I mean, what God wanted for Eve is what Eve wanted. So he comes at you at the angle of your desire. What do you want? What are you after? What? God ain't gave you that? I thought he said he's going to add all these things. Really? I know a way you could get it. I mean, if you're open to it, you know. I mean, after all, you know, I, I believe you deserve it. I mean, after all the time you don't put in, serving him, I can't believe he ain't gave you that. Yeah, I, I understand. I get you. You know, the Bible says that Absalom stole the hearts of the people. The way he stole it is when David was the king, Absalom would sit there and talk to the people before they got to the king and say, well, let me, let me help you out. I could help solve your issue. Just let me do it. 
put himself in between the people and the king. And before you know it, he don't stole the whole kingdom because he got the people heart. The enemy is not after your stuff. Just wants your heart. Just your heart. Because from the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. And what you say is going to determine what's going to happen in your life. Saints, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Here's the whole thing. When you're dealing with the kingdom, it has to be the priority. <laughs> you, you, you know, you can't have, nobody should be competing with the kingdom. For God I live, for God I die. Nobody's competing with the kingdom. Because things, Jesus walked up. You know, he, Jesus have said some things. I'm, I'm going to tell you how he separate the crowd. God says, you know what, Lord, I, I'm going to follow you, but I, I need to go home and, and bury some. He says, you know what, let the dead bury the dead. Yep. What? He can't respect a funeral? We are not seizing the moment we're in. This time is not coming back around. Everything is not enough for us to say, oh, well, I get it on the next go round. No, 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 no. It is to the point of the urgency of the hour that right now, either we're going to prioritize the kingdom or we're going to forsake everything and realize later on that we missed out. So Jesus is trying to drill into us the urgency of the moment. Now is the time. This is the day for us to make a decision. A decision to prioritize the kingdom of God in our lives. Because I know that under the sound of my voice today, there are some people, I'm not saying that you, listen, I am talking, let me tell you who, who all I'm talking to so you understand. First off, I'm talking to individuals who you say you love God, but you have not made the kingdom the priority yet. You still are dealing with having come out of this world and going like, well, how, how, do, you, how do you reconcile the two? I'm trying to take care of this. I'm trying to take care of that. I'm trying to do this. I want to be successful. I want and those things are bombarding your mind. It is a continual thing because you feel the pressures from this world. And it's speaking to you time and time again because you desire the element of success. And then you come and you hear a message talking about seeking first the kingdom of God. So what you heard was, if I go after God, I'm going to get all of this stuff. But that ain't what he said. See, it ain't just going after him. It's making him the absolute priority. So when he's the absolute priority, you don't even notice that the other stuff is being added because you're so caught up in him. Meeting somebody that don't care about the stuff because they're so in love with the person who has given them the stuff. See, it's wonderful things that, I, I, I mean, I, I believe my wife loved me and the things that I, I've been able to provide her with, that's, that's wonderful. But if she ever get rid of me, what good are the things? Teach. 
No, I'm serious because we, we have replaced God with the stuff. Where if we could just get the stuff he has, a lot of us will say, I'm okay. And not need him. Who wants to be in a relationship like that? Who doesn't? You're going to tell me that you want to be in a relationship with a God and you not be the priority? You want to be in a relationship with a, a, a woman and you not be the priority? That you just, oh, well, I get around to you whenever I feel like it. You're going to tolerate. I, I know it's folks out there tolerating that mess now. I understand. But I just want you to know I'm not one of them. And I know God is not. Because you have to understand something. The kingdom was designed to be our priority. Secondly, you're here and you don't know Christ. The kingdom of God is not your priority. It's all about you. Every one of us were born selfish. You didn't teach your children, nor were you taught to say mine. You automatically learn when you got taught mine. Everything mine. You were selfish from the time you were born. Somebody taught you to share. They had to beat it into you because we were inherently selfish. Because it's all about us. Well, I, I love my children. Yeah, your children. You love your children. It's still all about you. <laughs> See, we don't realize that... The reason we need Christ is because we so messed up. If we were so good, why would we need a Savior? Listen, every head bowed, eyes are closed. I want to say this just for a few few moments and we're closing. This is a very serious time. The altar is absolutely open. Because I don't want anybody to miss this. Today, my hope, my prayer is every person in here will leave out of this place having made the kingdom of God a priority in their lives. That the message is clear enough that you understand that God expects his kingdom to be a priority in your life. Not a spare tire that you use whenever you get a flat in the things of life but the absolute priority of your life. When you make a decision, it's in light of the kingdom. Where you going to live at, what you going to do, everything, it's in light of the kingdom. Who you going to marry, all of this, it's in light of the kingdom. Well, what do you mean? There's some decisions we're making, we're not considering how it's affecting the kingdom of God. The call of God that's on your life. It came from the king who's over his kingdom who wants to utilize you in the kingdom. So how are you making a decision without considering the kingdom? It's because we easily decide that it's not a priority. And if you, if you be honest with yourself, the reason it was not the priority is because you made you the priority and what you wanted. See, the greatest thing is to say, listen, I'm going to be just like a child and believe that my parent, who's the Heavenly Father, will take care of me. I believe he knows what's best for me. 
I believe he knows. If I could tell you some stories, I've gotten calls. God knows. I, saints, I'm going to tell you. I, 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 I just can't tell it all, but this works. If you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things, all these things, all these things shall be added. But you know what? I get the calls about the things being added, and they don't even faze me. Because you know what I want more than all the things? I want him. I'm telling God I want to be with you. I'm telling God I want to walk with you. I want to experience Emmanuel, God with us. I'm not waiting until, the glo- until we get the glory. I'm saying I want to experience him now. Because all the other things that can possibly be added here, they do not compare to being with him. But do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's what it's all about. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to extend to you an invitation to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. By that, I simply mean this. Jesus Christ died for your sins. See, we were born into sin. We, we get caught up on what we do, and I, well, I didn't lie. Well, I guess you did, because you just lied when you said that. You know, you, I, I don't steal. Yeah, you stole. You took something that didn't belong to you. So now we understand these things, and we've been doing them since we were born. You know why we were doing them since we were born? Because we were born into sin. But Jesus says, I'm the solution to that. Is you accepting his death, his burial, and his resurrection on your behalf because he lived a sinless life, and it took a sinless sacrifice for us to meet the standard that God has. And the, all you have to do is get rid of your agenda by simply saying, Lord, I surrender, and I want you to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I believe that you died. I believe that you were buried. I believe that you rose again on the third day. I believe that. I'm ready to surrender. If that's you and you're here, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand to acknowledge that's me. I understand my need for Christ. I don't care what it, what, what it may look like, but I'm not playing with this. I'm serious about the kingdom. If so, I just need you, while every head is bowed and the eyes are closed, I just need you to raise your hand. Ain't that something? You can raise a hand and acknowledge that you want to believe, that you want to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. But you know, some people sit. They don't raise their hand. Because they say, will it, will it really take all of that? What happens when they found out how easy it was to accept Christ? But they allowed it to pass up because they were thinking, of their own agenda and not his. How would you feel knowing you have gave the very best you had and someone simply said, it ain't good enough. I don't want it. I'd rather do my own thing. Well, think of how God feels when he gave 
his only begotten son as a sacrifice for your life so you don't have to die and go to hell and you simply say, you know what? I want to do my own thing. See, hell is real. You'll spend eternity with God or in hell. That's the only two alternatives. It's appointed unto Hebrews 9 and 27, it's appointed unto man once to die, then the judgment. Every one of us is going to die if the Lord tarries. And we will spend eternity somewhere. And what you do here now determines where you'll spend it. 